Okay, this is day number 160. Thank God for whom all blessings flow, you know. It's really funny um, how this is played in my mind and my heart. When I was not numbering the days in particular, I was not sensing um, the issue of the time as much. And then with numbering the days, it's like, oh, man, what about tomorrow? What about tomorrow? Anyway, but 160, uh, thank God for each of you who have been there. Thank you again for your donations. You've been awesome uh, with that, just over the top, and we really appreciate everything. We thank you for those of you who are considering uh, a monthly contribution to help and support. You can go to our website, solfellowship.com, and give through there or through PayPal, uh, PayPal me slash Spirit of Life Christian Ministries. Um, you will find it in the course. I have a mailing address, 15507 South Normandy Avenue, um, P.O. Box 237, Gardena, California, 90247. Thank you, thank you. So listen, day number 160, when we look at recent church history, and I'm, I'm well, recent, I'm, I'm saying about from about the 1970s, we could go back to the 1950s and beyond, and of course, but about the 70s, there are some changes that I was able to see in my day that are affecting us as believers uh, today. Really, it was in the 70s when I really began to turn my heart to God and uh, understood a call to ministry. Interesting experience, um, how God began to work on my heart and bring me out of drugs and alcohol and, and all kind of crazy stuff, man. Oh, man. Another story. But anyway, for instance, back in the 70s, you had a great move of God uh, through healing evangelists and teaching evangelists and Oral Roberts and others uh, demonstrating the power of God. Uh, uh, you had other men and women of faith coming aboard uh, with the teaching ministries and, and mega churches in the states. Uh, it was already happening overseas. Uh, Dr. Paul Cho, um, others here in the states and stuff. But many evangelists during that time and others in their meetings were casting out devils. See, there was an understanding at the time when a person came out of the world, the demonic influences in their lives needed to be dealt with and cast out. So because deliverance ministry can become a spectacle, many believers became too dignified to flow in this type of ministry. And, and we don't need to embarrass people and stuff like that through deliverance, but we need to keep it in the church, right? You also had some crazy things that happened in the name of believe, uh, deliverance, rather, that caused many people to avoid deliverance at all costs, man. No, no, no. We don't want that to happen, you know? So now please hear this. Whenever God's spirit is moving and reviving the church, the enemy will come in with excuses and excesses that are not approved by the word of God and other errors or false teachings that will cause people to pull back from what God is doing. See, imagine if you were on the mountain 
when Elijah was confronting the prophets, right? And the false prophets were there and they were cutting themselves and dancing around. The crowd was there, right? Elijah came along and he called upon the name of the Lord. Fire came down. Then he turned. He said, hey, we're going to kill these false prophets. Imagine if you were in the church and they turned around right there and they said, okay, now it's time to kill these false prophets and get rid of this, this junk, right? Yeah, there's some things that happen, man. People are like, whoa, we're not ready to get down with God like that. But when God is moving, everything is not necessarily wrapped up in the kind of package we're looking for, right? So during this time, um, even today, you, you talk about the 70s and on, false eras coming in. A lot of crazy things were placed on people in ministry that had nothing to do with the Spirit of God. There are people who, who understood spiritual leadership and covering and guidance and all of that kind of thing in relationship. And th there are those who abused it the way you couldn't get married without somebody's approval and you couldn't change your job and all that. You had to, you know, they were just crazy stuff going on. And then the, the, the um, abuse toward women in the church, man, some churches, not only women couldn't preach, but they were not even allowed to be up on the pulpit. <laughs> I remember ministering in one of those churches, man, and the ladies, when they ministered, they had to, you know, there was like five or six steps up on the rostrum and, and the man of God was up there. But the women of God, they had to be down there, you know, um, <laughs> you know, like they were given an announcement, but they couldn't come up to the holy ground up at the top. Whoa, you know, all this kind of stuff going on at that time, right? Now, with all of this madness going on, right, what happened? What happened? See, some people got their eyes open, they repented and got in line with the word of God. Other people did not. They became even stranger with that. Another strange push happened in the church. Again, getting people off of what God was doing was this push for prosperity that went way overboard, right? Now, one extreme, some people only wanted to keep preachers humble and broke. They, they man, they didn't want to give the preacher a dime, right? And then... Some preachers on the other side began to teach that the demonstration of the presence of God's approval was in living a lavish lifestyle. Now, there's something to be said about comfort and care that is not to be ignored, right? Somebody told me, well, did you see so-and-so? He wanted a million dollars so he can get a plane and fly around and do ministry. Well, did he have a schedule that required that? Or did he just want to fly around in the air? That's another thing, right? One of my mentors got on my case when I was busy, busy traveling all over the world. And some of you remember I would be in Australia and New Zealand and, and um, was it London and Africa. I mean, I'm just going everywhere, right? Anytime I wanted to go, I was just busy traveling, a lot of invitations, doing that. But listen, I was trying to save money for the church and I was riding these little tiny cheap cars trying to save money and it was beating up my little body all balled up in this thing trying to save a dime and my mentor got on me and he said man that's not good what you're doing you know you're riding around a little sewing machine now I didn't need a Rolls Royce to prove that God was good right but comfort and care is not a bad thing 
So what is my point? Real quick, let's do this and let's pray. What proves that God is active in our lives when we love people to life? Oh, yeah. Pastor Abe Uber tells the story of a businessman traveling with his father. The businessman was an atheist, really didn't believe that you're serving God was worth his time. You know, religion was stupid and all this kind of stuff. However, after traveling with a true believer, when the atheist ended his business trip, he wanted to know God and eventually gave his heart to God. The love and life of the believer won his heart over to God. He said he wanted to know God like that. So what about you and me? Not out of guilt, shame, but out of reality. If someone hung out with me for three months straight, everything, not reality show where you're putting on the show for the cameras, but I mean really, 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 what would they learn about me? Would they want to serve my God? What about you? Seriously, no, what about you? You say, well, Pastor, I'm not there. How come? God, help us to get there. Help us to be there today. Help us to surrender all of the junk that's standing in the way of receiving your love and knowing that we are loved by you. I mean, just loved by you. So much so that we can love others and because of that love, be a blessing to others. God, we thank you for allowing that to happen in our lives today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Thank the Lord.